verse 1, sisters, say amen, etc. In the bosom of the Father, ere the ages had begun, thou wast in the Father's glory, God's unique begotten Son. When to us the Father gave thee, thou in person wast the same.
Let's uh, sing 11.22, which is 136 in Spanish, 102 in Chinese, and 8.14 in Korean. Come, O seven spirits, come.
Seven Spirit does the Lord for the churches now employ. All those in the local church, may the Spirit now enjoy. Praise the Lord. Come, O seven spirits, come. Thy recovery work be done. Burn and search us thoroughly. All the churches are for thee. Burn us. Search us. All the churches are for thee. Amen. Well, saints, uh, we wanted to begin this meeting in a little different way. Uh, We want to show a part of a video and a speaking that Brother Lee gave to us over, uh, well, it was in 1984, and this is 2009, so... Twenty-five years ago. Anyhow, it's a very timely word concerning the Lord's burden as he moves presently in his recovery. Uh, Brother Lee was in the life study of Acts, and right here in Irving on this platform, and I I was sitting right there, right there, where these brothers are sitting, looking up at Brother Lee, And, of course, this word was very, very impressive. And we came to chapter 8. This was message 9 in the training. If you look at the life study of Acts, in its printed message, it's it's message 22. But the spoken message was message 9. So you can see Brother Lee added a lot of content uh, whenever he uh, prepared the life study messages. But anyhow, it was message 9 of that conference, and he came to uh, chapter 8 of Acts on the spreading uh, out of Jerusalem. In other words, the migration of all the saints uh, that went out due to the persecution that was brought into place after uh, uh, the death of Stephen. And Paul became very active in persecuting the saints in Jerusalem. And this brought about a spread. And the people just, they left. It says all the saints, everyone left. They just scattered. And this was the Lord's move. This was his way of getting the saints out of Jerusalem. He had prophesied that they could go to Judea, Samaria, you know, and eventually to the, all the uttermost parts of the earth. But they all delayed. They all got set and settled. So God allowed such a thing to happen. And due to that persecution, all the saints were scattered. And due to this scattering of this migration, the saints went out. And when they went out, the gospel went out with them. And this was the way God began His spreading to the whole earth. Well, uh, Brother Lee came to this portion of the Word, and we have about 15 minutes of his speaking. Uh, It goes through, I think, verse 4, Acts 8, 1 through 4. And we would like to fellowship, begin our fellowship this morning by letting uh, Brother Lee's words resonate in us again. Uh, It's a a wonderful word that the Lord gave our brother, 
and we would like to play the videotape to you and let you uh, hear that speaking again in view of the burden that we are engaged in this weekend. Okay, brothers. In this message, we come to <clears throat> chapter 9, uh, sorry, chapter 8, uh, which is a chapter full of patterns. So uh, I intend to spend more time with you on this chapter pointing out so many crucial points concerning our gospel preaching. Number one, according to this pattern here, the gospel preaching should go out through the scattering of the saints. You see, first say, in Jerusalem, the gospel preaching was carried out mainly by the apostles. No doubt that was a pattern, yet uh, that was not the unique pattern. Uh, if that was the unique pattern, the gospel preaching would be very much limited. So now we have another pattern of the preaching of the gospel, that is, firstly, by the saints migrating out. Here, you don't have the word migrate or migration, but uh, it is implied in the word scattered. Verse 4 says, Those, therefore, who were scattered went about the land bringing the good news of the word. So this scattering actually is the real migration. 3,000 a day, another 5,000 men plus women another day, no doubt, so over 10,000 there. Yet uh, human being or human beings would never think to move. Right? Everybody like to get settled. Uh, but uh, the Lord is sovereign. Don't forget, he's the leader. He's the ruler of the kings. Yes, uh, it was Satan that instigated the uh, persecution. But we have to realize even the Lord is over Satan. Right? Whatever Satan does is under the Lord's sovereignty. So that persecution actually worked quite well. It worked out a good point for the spreading of the gospel. That is, that persecution scattered many, many thousands of believers from Jerusalem to all the lands of Judea and Samaria. Through this scattering, no doubt, the good news had been brought to so many cities. Right? We have to see this. This is why uh, for years we began to practice the migration. We uh, were there on the west coast uh, from 1962 until 1970. We all stayed there. Actually, our thing there in Los Angeles was a gathering 
uh, that gathered a good number of things from different cities through all the states of the U.S. Then up to 1970, we began to migrate. And uh, that was a great success. So the principle is shown here that uh, we should uh, call attention uh, that all the churches should uh, take care of these things. The saints shouldn't uh, uh, remain in a certain place for too long a time. See, we should all be <laughs> migrants. You know, our first generation forefathers, you know, Abraham, he was a river crosser. He migrated from Chaldea to Canaan, right? He migrated. So we all have to follow this footstep. We shouldn't get ourselves settled forever. Of course, sooner or later, you will migrate, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. Sooner or later, you have to cross the river of death. We cannot get ourselves settled on this earth in one spot for uh, eternity. So learn to migrate. When you migrate, the gospel goes out with you. Or when you migrate, you bring the gospel to the place where you migrate to. Uh, I'm glad that uh, we had a big success. In those years, 70 through 73, and that was somewhat uh, interrupted, even uh, somewhat damaged by certain evil things. And that caused a kind of a interpose among us. So in the past years, we didn't pay much attention to the matter of migration. Rather, some of us did exercise certain fear about that. But thank the Lord that from the last two years, the migration was resurrected. Amen. So you could see now we have uh, a church reached up in Nashville, right? Through migration. And another one in Charlotte, migration, through migration. Another one in uh, Greensboro through migration, another one in Jacksonville, no, Knoxville through migration. Uh, hopefully, uh, we have more. Yeah, we will have more. Anyhow, even uh, some churches reached up in Lubbock and Odessa and uh, San Antonio and uh, Stockton, uh, Lafayette, huh? All got the strengthening uh, through the migration. And I hope, now I'm standing here in Texas, of course, not in California. Uh, you know, uh, in a good sense, California, for California is the remotest part of the earth. <laughs> I'm not joking, right? Uh, human race migrated again and again, you know, from Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia to the Gold Land, then from the Gold Land to Asia Manor, from Asia Manor to Eastern Europe, 
uh, to Macedonia and Greece, then from Eastern Europe to Western Europe. Then you know the story since Columbia, Columbus, uh, the migration went on from Europe to uh, Massachusetts, right? Uh, to Virginia, uh, the East Coast, and then all the old uh, uh, migrants, uh, they began still uh, to uh, keep migrating, you know, from the, I don't know how to say, West Coast, uh, no, no, West, Midwest, and so forth. Then, and then anyhow, when they reached California, they reached the motest part of the earth. <laughs> right? <laughs> Surely they could not go that far, otherwise they will be drawing in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> but anyhow, some of the American missionaries, they, they did go out, you know, across the Pacific Ocean to reach China, especially to reach my province, Chifu. Uh, anyhow, now, we, the Californians, should migrate back. I hope that Brother Ingalls will bring back the news that all of them should be encouraged to migrate. Right? If they don't migrate, I assure them they will become a dyed sea. You know what is that sea? A dead sea is a reservoir of the water of the River Jordan. River Jordan's water reached Dead Sea and stopped there. Then it became something dead. So, California, especially Orange County, <laughs> I'm a little concerned, not too long it will become a Dead Sea. Orange County will become a Dead Sea. So, brother, Diane Goss, you have to go back to dig the canal. <laughs> to get the water, to get the water out of Orange County toward uh, not the west, toward the east, right? Put out toward uh -huh. Tennessee. How about Alabama, Georgia? toward South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia? How about all the western saints from California should migrate eastward? I hope that I'm not going to devastate the churches in our county. But I hope that 50% of California saints would uh, flow out through the canal. And uh, Brother Ingalls should be charged and take the lead to dig the canal. <laughs> and uh, brothers like uh, Dick Taylor, Howard Higashi and uh, uh, Francis Ball, you all are here. You must bear the same responsibility to uh, promote the digging of the canal. 
that so many of the saints in our country may migrate out. I mean it. Maybe 50% is too much. So I still like to see strong churches in our country. How about we begin with 10%? How about we begin with 10% in 1985, 86? How about after 86, another person? Another, not one person, another 10%. Gradually, right? I'm not going to devastate the churches. <laughs> Anyhow, you will see when the Dead Sea flows out, more water will flow in. Amen. You need the water hose. Yeah? If you don't open the water hose, let it flow out. Nothing will flow in. Right? How much will flow in? It depends upon how much it will flow out. So, no wonder there has not been much increase in Orange County, especially in Anaheim. Anaheim has been already a kind of a dead sea. No more just a reservoir. So many dear saints, when we went to Anaheim, they all followed. Of course, everybody followed us to Anaheim. They made a good money. Why? Because when we went to Anaheim, the price of property, land, house, was very cheap. We went there, a house, the most, this cost us less than 40000 a three-bedroom good house, less than 40000 Right away after, listen, three, four years, it went up to 80000 and now it's 120000 So everybody who followed the church and went to Anaheim, <laughs> they all bought a house. Just by buying one house, they make a gain of 90000 Now, this money or this gain should be spent for migration. <laughs> right? So I would encourage all who made a gain, Brother Ingalls, praise God, go back to make a statistic to find out <laughs> whoever bought a house and made a gain, they are oblig obligated to migrate out. <laughs> and that those that those who never bought a house, they never made a good gain, stay in the Orange County. <laughs> but don't make this a rule. It's not legality. Anyhow, anyhow, in principle, we should migrate. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm a person, I don't like to move. You know, after my graduation, I only uh, work in one job for seven, for six, uh, let me count, yeah, for uh, about uh, uh, six years. I don't, I didn't like to move. I just work, 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 work. I don't like to move. When I got settled, I don't like to move. But uh, the Lord is the looter of <laughs> the kings. He did not allow me. He made my life just a traveling life. I moved here and there, here and there, here and there, here and there, and eventually I moved across at the Pacific Ocean. 
now everywhere I'm moving. All the time. I don't know how many times I crossed Pacific Ocean. I traveled back and forth. So I must tell you, I'm going to migrate back to Taiwan <laughs> this year. I mean it. <laughs> there is a big need in Taiwan. I should migrate back. So I encourage you all to pick up the burden to migrate, not for your living. The law will take care of your living. Believe me. You see? Right? The law called Abraham and Abraham migrated. He was not, right, starved to death. To death, no. Right? He <laughs> lived and he gained a big land. Right? Just learned to migrate. To migrate for the gospel's sake. And the gospel is just Lord himself. Wasn't that a good word? All of you who are new to the Lord's recovery, you can see, you can get a little show window to why we treasured the ministry that came out of this brother. Anyhow, uh, he was a great help to all of us. And his words are still a help to us today in the printed form. And we enjoy that this ministry. It's not that, you know, it's not him per se, but it's the ministry that the Lord released through our brother. This is what we're following. Such a glorious ministry that the Lord released to the body of Christ through our brother. Well, brothers, uh, you know, we sang this song, Come, O Seven Spirits, Come. Your recovery work be done. Well, brothers, the Lord wants to carry out His glorious recovery. And you know, saints, uh, our particular history, I would say, uh, actually began in 1922, before any of us were born, maybe. I just saw a brother and sister that I treasure very much. Uh, this brother is uh, 90 years of age. Uh, so, Brother Chen and his wife, uh, they just turned 90. His wife is 89. I don't know what that is. This is 2010. 90 years ago would be 1920, right? So, brother and sister, you were, you know, little toddlers by that time. But anyhow, most of us were not even born yet. But anyhow, the Lord had a beginning to carry out His recovery in a full way. Of course, we have seen through the ministry uh, that the Lord during these years has brought His recovery from the first century when the church had a great failure uh, and lost everything. The Lord has been recovering everything that was lost. But praise the Lord, in 1922, uh, through Brother Nee and the brothers, the Lord brought the entire recovery together. And then He continued to recover many glorious things in these past near almost 90 years. 
and has brought us to this day. And all of us are the continuation of this recovery. Many, many truths have been recovered concerning the gospel, concerning the triune God, concerning life, concerning the work, concerning many aspects of the scriptures have been recovered and I would say brought into the church. You know, Brother Lee one time was sharing with us around the table and he said, what is the Lord's recovery? He said, well, the Lord put all the truths in the Bible and initially the church had all these truths. But it was just like stamping the truths on a plate. But what happened is that through the persecution, all this got wiped off of the plate. And everything was lost. But today, in his recovery, it's not only stamped on the plate, but it's like a ceramic plate in which the image has been baked into that plate. And today, the only way you can get rid of the truths of the Lord's recovery and that the church, especially starting with Martin Luther in the 1500s, how do you get rid of justification by faith? Only one way. You can't wipe it off anymore because it's been baked into the church. All of us were saved by faith, right? And we believe in such a teaching. The church will never be destroyed from the church. The only way to do it is to break the whole church, and then you get rid of justification by faith. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. Then you get rid of the image, that which has been baked into the ceramic piece. And today, the Lord is continuing His recovery to bake so many things into the church through His recovery. And then, if you destroy all of us, you can get rid of it. But praise the Lord. Look at the Lord's recovery today. It has spread over the entire earth into all the continents and several couple of hundred or more countries in this continent, these continents throughout the, the earth. This is the Lord's recovery. And because of that, all the truths and all the matters that have been recovered in the Lord's recovery are being stamped into the church and they will never depart from the church. And brothers, a great item that we will come to in a few minutes in the outline that has been recovered in the church is the matter of migration. Just like justification by faith. Just like calling on the name of the Lord. All these great truths in the Word of God have been recovered among us. And they will never be carried away. And in a recovery that the Lord has gained through all the churches, He expects that all the items that have been recovered by Him would be practiced by all the saints in all the local churches. And one great item that we've been on this weekend, of course, is migration. 
And you know, I enjoy this song, Come, O Seven Spirits, Come. Your recovery work be done. It is through this glorious triune God who has become the seven spirits of God, the intensified spirit that is operating among us to carry out His grand and glorious recovery, saints. And by the Lord's mercy, the Lord has brought us into this recovery. I'm so happy. In 1964, I entered into the Lord's recovery. And I don't know what date you came in, but I do know there's a lot of people in this room. And we all have come to the same place by a lot of different ways. Everybody has his own story of how he was brought to this place. But anyhow, praise the Lord, a good number of those saints are in this room. Praise the Lord. We are in the Lord's recovery. And this is the greatest item on the earth, brother. I don't know what I would have done with my life if I hadn't been brought into the Lord's recovery. You know, I had big plans. And you had big plans. But praise the Lord, they all have gone by the wayside. They all got shattered. And we all ended up in this place together. This is the Lord's mercy. Some of us are younger. Y'all got many years to go in the Lord's recovery. Some of us are quite elderly, and they may not have that many years. But praise the Lord, we all are the same here. Old and young, all being blended together in this one glorious recovery to carry out and bring this recovery to the whole earth. The truths, the life, the increase, the spreading, especially by these four means, God will recover His, His, uh, His way and His truths throughout the entire earth. How many more years before the Lord comes? I don't know. But one thing I do know the Lord's recovery has to carry out this recovery or the Lord has no way to come back because it is here, saints, that we can be made overcomers. It is here. Not much will happen in Christianity, but a lot is happening here to make us overcomers by truth, by life, by all the experiences we all have the possibility of becoming overcomers in the church and to stand with the Lord on Mount Zion and not be left to take part in the Great Tribulation, but to stand with the Lord on the great Mount Zion. This is our, our hope, all of our hope. And may the Lord take us through. Well, brothers, let's come to the outline. And I just have to read most of it because of the time factor. But I'd like to go through it with all of you. You know, praise the Lord for the words that have been spoken in these last three messages. The first message and the second message on prayer and the message last night on the matter of uh, 
uh, our absoluteness. Brothers, I hope all of us have a response to the word last night. We would be those who are absolute. Absolute in those four items. May all of us become absolute in all of those four items. Wasn't that uh, such a good word last night? And may the Lord make us absolute members in the churches in the Lord's recovery. Praise the Lord. Absolute. We have something to be absolute for. Okay, Roman number one. Every believer should be fully engaged in four major realities for carrying out God's divine economy. What are they? Number one, gaining a full knowledge of the truth. Our whole life has to be spent on gaining a full knowledge of the truth. All of us. Every one of us should be engaged in this matter. And brothers, we all need to grow in life. Not just have the knowledge of the truth. Of course, the knowledge of the truth brings us into life. But we have to be brought fully into the, all the experiences of life. The life of God. Christ is our life. We enjoy Him. The very eternal life. We live in this life and we live by this life and we are growing in this life and we will grow unto maturity. And thirdly, the increasing the church in numbers locally by bearing remaining fruit. Brothers and sisters, as Brother Dan shared last night, we all must be absolute in praying, we must be absolute in the gospel, in preaching the gospel. All of us. This must be what we live for. These are one of the four great items that are be kept being carried out among us. The knowledge of the truth. Life and the growth in life. But we also, brothers, have to be engaged in preaching the gospel that the church in our place would bear fruit. We would be the fruit-bearing ones in our locality. You know, I'm just so encouraged by the reports that have come out of Austin over the last few years. Of course, I'm encouraged by the reports I hear concerning all the churches here. But Austin has a particular commission, and so many on the campuses especially, have been brought into the preaching of the gospel. Talk about a wheel. I believe there's a great wheel in Austin. And the Lord is moving to bring so many into the gospel. But in every local church, we should be brought into the gospel. We may have a campus in our locality, or we may not. Or we may have a campus, but we don't have a work on that campus. But anyhow, we've got people there. And we've got thousands of unsaved people everywhere. We need to preach the gospel. And particularly the gospel of the kingdom. 
We all must be engaged in this. We must be. This is what God has commissioned us to do. And then number four, spreading the churches so that the Lord can have the corporate testimony of Jesus in every locality all over this earth. And the only way the testimony of Jesus will be raised up in all the localities is that we in this room, along with all the other brothers and sisters, must spread. And to spread is to move. That's to flow out of your place and go to another place. Spreading the churches as a testimony of Jesus universally. We're preaching the gospel to be the testimony of Jesus in our locality. But we have to spread to gain more churches to have the testimony of Jesus universally, everywhere. The Lord wants lampstands in every city. Universally, from city to city, from state to state, At the very end of this session, this meeting, uh, we're going to fellowship with you about some places we recommend to you. Anyhow, we want to flow out from city to city. We want to flow out from state to state within the country. And then we want to flow out from country to country. And brothers, from continent to continent. Until there are churches everywhere Globally. Globally. And praise the Lord, His recovery has spread in a sense globally. But that is just a small minority of all the cities that we have spread to globally. We spread to many cities, that's true. And you know if there hadn't been the communists come in to kill the Lord's recovery in China, You know, by that time, they had spread to become over 500 churches in China. In just a short time. You know, they had a training uh, for 52 weeks. And everyone that would come, all the new ones went there. And they went there for 52 weeks, 52 lessons. They went through those 52 lessons. And Brother Nee's vision was, that once everybody finished those 52 lessons, maybe you've been saved one year, but you went through the 52 lessons, and by that time you were qualified to what? To be sent out. And Brother Nee and his company of co-workers were sending out the people. And others were going out. And before the communists came in, they had over 500 churches raised up in China. And you know what would have happened? Had the enemy not come in to kill the Lord's recovery for a while in China, they would have spread globally over this whole world. They would have. But the enemy also realized that too. So he used the communists to stop it. Kill it for a while. But it was resurrected. And praise the Lord, it's really resurrected you heard Dan's testimonies last night. Uh, those testimonies were marvelous. Anyhow, brothers and sisters, the Lord intends to spread His recovery 
globally, city by city, state by state, country by country, and continent by continent. And I hope in all of us, we would have a vision to see this. Why are you on this earth? You're on this earth to learn the truth, to know the truth. You're on this earth to grow in life. You're on, the church, it's, you're on this earth to bear fruit for the local church that you are in. And you're also on this earth to move, to spread, to bear the testimony of Jesus to other localities. This should be part of our culture, our way of life. We just live this way. We're in the truth. We're in life. We're bearing fruit, but we're also spreading. May this become the culture in all the churches that are here this morning. And may the brothers in the lead in all these churches develop such a culture. This kind of culture, caring for the truth, caring for life, caring for the increase, and caring for the spread. Not one above the other not neglecting one over the other. Every local church must bear the responsibility in all four directions. A, the believer's knowledge of the truth and growth in life are for the increase and spread of the church, the body of Christ. You know, praise the Lord, since Brother Lee went to be with the Lord. Throughout the Lord's recovery globally, we have paid much attention to truth. We have paid much attention to life. And I would say with a great deal of success in this matter. But sorry to say, our, the attention that we have paid to the increase and to the spread has been min minimal. And therefore, all the churches, praise the Lord, are stirred up to be in the truth. And we're in the Holy Word for Morning Revival in all the churches. Last Lord's Day, weren't you in the Holy Word for Morning Revival? If there's, in, if there's one church here that's not in the Holy Word for Morning Revival, every Lord's Day, would you ask, come up here and, and ask your elders to come up here and talk to me after the meeting? <laughs> we all need to be in the truth. And this brings in the rich experience of life. Praise the Lord. Uh, this is our practice. And the saints are living. This is glorious. If the saints aren't living in a place, that's terrible. Because life is so much emphasized in the churches. But how about the matter of the increase? Some attention has been paid to increase, I have to admit. But not much. But how much attention have we paid to spreading? Almost zero. And all these years since Brother Lee left, the number of churches that have increased in the United States is very minimal. Minimal. <laughs> okay. B. The increase and spread of the church are the goal of our knowing the truth and growing in life. Yet the first two have been neglected. That is, the increase and spread of the church. Thus the Lord has been restricted, and we have not carried out the recovery 
in a balanced way. In a balanced way. And then i just like to add this sentence that I picked up also. All these are just quotes. Also, I'd like to give you this quote. The increase in spread builds up the church in each locality as well as the body of Christ throughout the earth. The increase in the spread. It builds up each locality, but it also builds up the body of Christ throughout the whole earth. See, we should pick up the burden to ensure not only that the churches in the Lord's recovery would increase in number, but also that the recovery as a whole would spread. Migration is God's heart's desire. It is God's call and our response. All the time, God is calling, spread, spread, spread. Would you go, would you go, would you go? But it demands our response. It demands our response. Whatever price we have to pay. D. It is wrong for a church to exist in an area for 10 years without spreading to other cities. Well, 11 years, Brother Lee, or 12 years, Brother Lee has been gone from us. We have not been that successful. That's 12 years. How much have we spread? I would say that if to us is a great failure. Okay, Roman numeral two. The first man, Adam, is a type of the second man, Christ. God created a man who became old. And he also prepared a man who became new. Of course, these are unveiled in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 and 47 and Ephesians 4, 22 and 24. But my point is, the first man, Adam, is a type of the second man, Christ. The enlarged Christ, who created the church that became the real new man on this earth. A. Everything in the old creation is a type of the new creation. You know... Whatever was done by the old man in the old creation, and whatever this one practiced, whatever was accomplished by him, appointed by God to him, all, the, all things in the new man should be that in reality. All the things that is with the old man should become the practice also of the new man in reality. What was there with the old man will become the reality in the new man. Okay, B. Then coming to the main point that we are into. Well, let me just say this. In Romans 5.14, to substantiate this matter, it says that Adam was a type of Christ. This means that Adam was not Christ, but he was a type of Christ. Adam did a lot of things positively. A lot of things positively were accomplished through the children of Israel. All these things happened. 
But there are just types there. All the positive things are the types of what the church and this universe should be. You know, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 6 and 11 speak of the children of Israel passing through the wilderness. And all these things that came out are an example, and it says example in the recovery version, but as you look at the footnote, literally that Greek word means type. All these things that the children of Israel pass through are a type of what the church is passing through. In other words, the typology is there in the Old Testament with the old creation. But in the new creation, the reality should be there. 1 Peter 3.21 speaks of baptism of Moses. Well, really, we don't care about the baptism of Moses in the New Testament, but we care about the reality of that type. Moses to us is Christ. And we all were baptized into Christ when we were baptized into the water. Anyhow, the reality is with the new man. B, just as the propagation of the first man, Adam, this is another glorious type, was to be fruitful and multiply. God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. What is that? That is to have the increase. You know, my wife and I, we got married. And we have increased. We've been fruitful. And I think pretty, we could say multiplied a little bit. Anyhow, three children, now 11 grandchildren. Is that not uh, fruitful and multiplying? At least in some measure. Of course, Brother Lee had 40 grandchildren. Nine children and 40 grand. Right? 40 grandchildren, right? Anyhow, or 40 in total. I don't know. Anyhow, Brother Lee had a, a passel. Uh, this is the increase that God wants Adam to accomplish throughout the whole earth. You know, I looked at all these young brothers here. Most of you are not married. Well, you need a wife. <laughs> You're not going to increase like this. <laughs> Just like Adam. Unless he got Eve, no increase. But praise the Lord, look at all of his descendants. Even you and I are his descendants. You know, I heard on the news that uh, they've done this study of all the races throughout the entire earth. I guess all they could discover. And they have discovered that genetically, we are 99.9%, they don't have the boldness to say 100%, 99.9% the same genetically. Everybody, everybody. What does that mean? We came out of one person. We came out of one couple. All of us. Look, let's just look around, you know. Look at all these faces. I'm 99.9%, probably 100%, the same as you all, Amen. genetically, right? <laughs> we all are the same. You know, you take our skin off, we'll all look just the same. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all look just the same. 
and how genetically we're the same. Well, you know, it's in Acts 17, I think it is. We all are of one. One man. That is Adam. Okay. 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 Fruitful and multiply. That is to increase. And fill. That is to spread over. That's what this, the Hebrew word means. Occupy to the full. To fill, to fruitfully multiply and fill the earth. That means Adam was told to increase with your descendants and to spread over the whole earth until it's occupied to the full. Well, Adam did a good job. Even with all the world wars and, you know, so many things. Here we are. How many billion on this earth? Approaching seven billion. You know, we're moving right on up. Scattered out all over this earth. Adam was pretty prolific. So the propagation of the second man, Christ, should be. Just like the type is there, the reality is with Christ. Adam was a type of Christ. Adam had his descendants. Christ had his descendants. And all of Christ's descendants should multiply and fill the earth. That's what God expects. He wants to have the testimony of God all over this earth. And I, I copied this down. From the time that God created man, He had no plans for this one to stay in one place permanently. He wanted you to be fruitful. You can do that in one place. That's in the local church. And you can be fruitful, in, you know. My wife and I could live, you know, in Timbuktu our whole life and been fruitful. But if we stayed in Timbuktu our whole life, we might have even multiplied there, but we wouldn't have spread anywhere. Can you imagine what it would be like? My wife and I in Timbuktu, my three children in Timbuktu, my 11 grandchildren in Timbuktu. We all would be ready to get out of there. <laughs> Anyhow, we all have to spread, brothers. Amen. We all have to spread. Roman number three. 11 o'clock. Propagation through scattering or migration is the Lord's move today. In His body, in this age, on the earth. Migration is a divine principle in the Bible. It's a divine principle. And I wrote this down, which I'd like to read to you. The divine policy is for man to always move on. God blesses the move of people on this earth. God wants people to spread over all this earth to be His testimony. Two, in Acts, it was not enough for Christ to just increase in Jerusalem. There was the need for Him to spread. And of course, we saw what the Lord eventually used the persecution to do. A, in the Bible, migration is to go from your land and from your relatives, and from your father's house 
to the land that I will show you. I would say learn to leave, leave your land. Learn to leave your relatives. Learn to leave your father's house and go to the land which, uh, that I will show you. And then I, I like to add this. All New Testament believers are the true descendants of Abraham. This is what we have already spoken regarding. B. Migration. It's not a movement. It is the move of the one new man. That is the move of the all-inclusive Christ in his body. The Lord's move through migration in his body is like a relay race. I wrote this down. You know, through the whole, all the centuries, mankind has produced one after another. And God intended to have the same thing in the church. And that every, every descendants of one another would be just like a relay race. And the scattering, being fruitful should be that way, but also going out, spreading, should be in the same principle. It's like a relay race. This generation spread this far. The next generation spreads that far. The next generation spreads further. And you know, I wished that when the Lord's recovery was brought in here in 1962, it would have been like a relay race. And we would have taken over this entire country. But we failed. We failed. There's been at least four generations that have come into the Lord's recovery since 1962 when Brother Lee came. At least four generations. They've come in. The original generation, which was already there, and some of their children, and then their children have had children, and those children also have had children. We're all in the church. But we should have been like, have been like a relay race, and generation by generation, we just moved further to carry out the spread of God's divine economy. See? When the migrants went out from Jerusalem in Acts 8, they did not establish churches of their own. On the contrary, they spread the body. Amen. This is a great revelation. You know, in Christianity, you just go, you start a, you get some saved, and you build up a congregation, and then you become the pastor of the church, and you bear the full responsibility without any fellowship. You just do the best you can do. That's Christianity. I lived there, I saw that, and I tried that. I was, of course, I was a young man, but I, you know, anyhow, I tried. But look at Acts 8. What happened? Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He preached the gospel. People got saved. The news came to Jerusalem. Peter and James went there, and they confirmed the work of Philip. And they were brought directly into the body and into the fellowship of the body. And then in chapter 11, 19, I better read that. Uh, I think this is it here. 11, 19. Uh, those then who were scattered by the tribulation 
which took place on account of Stephen, passed through as far as Phoenicia, Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews only. These that left Jerusalem in the migration. Okay, then coming to verse 22. And the account concerning them was heard in the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to pass through as far as Antioch. And, and they brought them into the fellowship of the body. And the body just spread. No work was independent. It all came out of the fellowship of the body. So it should be today. D. For many years in the Lord's recovery, we have been practicing the matter of migration. First in China, then in Taiwan, and then in the United States. Of course, this practice has spread throughout the Lord's recovery in the entire earth. But initially, the main matter concerning migration were practiced in China first. Uh, I can't tell you the story, I don't have time. And then in Taiwan, and then you heard something about the United States in Brother Lee's Fellowship. One, migration is one of the revelations and practices recovered in the Lord's recovery since 1922. If you look at the book entitled The History of the Church and the Local Churches, on pages 52 and 53, one of the great items accomplished by the Lord in the, His recovery since 1922 was migration. Migration. Brother Lee considered that an item of recovery only recovered among us and practiced by us. The saints going out to spread the testimony of Jesus. And then in the book, uh, point two, spreading by migration is considered an item of practicality in the church life. This small book, The Speciality, Generality, and Practicality of the Church Life, is a marvelous book. It covers the speciality of the church life. It covers the uh, uh, generality of the church life. Then he comes to the practicality of the church life. And you know, one big item, he covers uh, about 14 items in the practicality of the church life. And one item is what? Can you believe what it is? It's spreading. It's migration. That's one of the practicalities of the church life. And yet, how much have we practiced this? He had calling on the name of the Lord in there as a practicality. You know, eating the word. Uh, pray reading the word even as an item of practicality. Life and the experiences of life as an item of practicality. But eventually, he comes to the matter of spreading through migration. This being one of the items of the practicality of the church life. And if you're an elder in one of these churches and you are not practicing migration and encouraging migration, you are not caring for one of the practica practical points of the, that the church life should be into. 
This is an item of the practicality of the church. And I encourage you to go read uh, both of these portions uh, in these two books. They are, the page numbers are given here. It's an item of the Lord's recovery, and it is also an item of the practicality of the church life. It should be a practice of every local church. You know, every elder, if you're a leading one in a church, I would say, Every month or every week, you should help the saints to pick up the burden to migrate. You should help the saints to increase the church. Of course, you should help them in truth and in life. All four items should be taken care of. But sorry to say, as leading ones, me included, we have rarely spoken of the spreading, that many of you need to move this month, at least this year. Or if you can't do it this year, you need to move next year. You need to move. You need to spread. You know, in Jerusalem, we'll come to this point, the Word says all, all left Jerusalem. The only ones that were left there were the apostles. (laughs) All, all. And Brother Lee says, if it says all in the Bible, we have to believe it was all. They all got out of there. Well, anyhow, the Lord quickly gained all the new ones in the church in Jerusalem. This is the Lord's mercy. Well, Brother Lee said here, you heard it, 50% of the churches in California, of the saints in the churches, should leave California and spread. Fifty percent. That was Brother Lee's clear work. And then he said, we don't don't want to devastate the churches. Maybe ten percent per year would spread. You just consider, had fifty percent of the saints left the churches in California and spread westward, eastward, (laughs) that had been in Pacific, uh, spread eastward, what would the recovery be like in the United States today? That was 25 years ago. What a great blessing that would have been to the Lord's recovery in this country. And I'd like to say, and Brother Lee said something, I need to go back and listen to that again. His word was to all the churches. He expected we all would follow his word. That means all the churches that are represented here. Would you elders be willing to give up 10% per year to the migrations? And I hope California would do the same. And we all would join together to carry out the spread of the Lord's recovery. Anyhow, I'd just like to speak to all the elders that are present this morning. Better pick up this burden. If not, you're behind. And we've been behind for so long. Okay, four. In the book of Acts, the pattern of the spreading of the gospel had two lines. And I'll mainly do reading uh, now. Hey, and Brother Lee spoke some of this, and I picked it up from his speaking. Hey, the first line was the scattering, the migration. And all the, of all the believers, the sent ones, the apart, the, okay, 
semicolon. The sent ones, the apostles, stayed, and all the others went. Went out. B. The second line is the sending forth of the apostles, the sent ones, in companies. The beginning of that was in chapter 13, out of Antioch. C. Beginning in Jerusalem, the gospel preaching was carried out mainly by the apostles. That was at the start. If this were the unique pattern, the preaching of the gospel would be limited. Therefore, in Acts 8.4, we have another pattern of the preaching of the gospel. The preaching through the scattering, the migrating of the saints. Number one, before the persecution, there must have been over 10,000 believers in Jerusalem. You know, Acts 2.41 says that uh, 3,000 uh, souls were baptized. And then in uh, 2.47, it says that the church increased, you know, many, day by day. So the church in Jerusalem was growing. In 4.4, it says that the uh, 5,000 uh, men were numbered there. 5,000. But then in uh, uh, 5.14, it says multitudes of men and women uh, believed. Multitudes, men and women. In 6.11, the church was multiplying. Well, how many actually scattered out of Jerusalem? It's hard to say. Brother Lee said at least 10,000. Brother Lee was very conservative. Anyhow, you look at those numbers. Thousands had been gained in Jerusalem. But the persecution scattered them all. And they went out of Jerusalem. Two. Acts 8, 1 clearly says that all, and I underlined all, you can see. All the believers were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Since the Bible says this, we need to believe it. Three, it was sovereign of God that the scattering of the believers from Jerusalem to other localities through the persecution should carry out the spreading of the gospel for the fulfillment of the Lord's word in Acts 1.8. See 11.19, and we read 11.19. D, after the scattering, the Lord's gospel continued to be powerful and prevailing in Jerusalem. And because the twelve apostles remained after the scattering of the saints, it did not take long before a great many others rose up to believe in the Lord Jesus. Amen. You remember by Acts 20, it was, of course, it was a gathering at the feast, uh, but James said to Paul, you see how many tens of thousands there are that believe. Anyhow, the church in Jerusalem returned to its strength right away. Number one, it seems that the more the believers left, the more others came to believe in Christ. Do you believe this could happen among us? We have to believe. The Lord will bless the church 
as the people leaves, the Lord will add to the church. Two, this seems to be the only way due to the great persecution to understand this matter of in Acts 8.3 in light of the book of Acts as a whole. Paul was devastating the church, and so the people left. But there was such a recovery. E. All the churches should follow the pattern in Acts 8, 1, and 4 concerning migration. The saints should not stay in a certain place too long. On the contrary, we all should be migrants. We should not be permanently settled. One. If we have an established dwelling place on earth and cannot migrate, we are not up to the Christian standard. We are not normal Christians. We have a problem. We are rooted on the earth. We must not become set, settled, and occupied. And then I just said that we should walk on the earth and not dwell on the earth. We have a commonwealth in the heavens. We must be pilgrims. You know, these are those that came out with a particular purpose. And they came out to accomplish that purpose. We are, must be pilgrims living on the earth. We must be sojourners. Sojourners. Living you know, a short time in a particular place and then moving on. And we must be like nomads. I was in... Uh, uh, What country is that? Uh, anyhow, I was in the country, and I passed through this territory, and there were a lot of what they looked like huts. Uh, Mongolia. Huh? Do what? Yeah. Okay, yurt. Okay, what? Well, anyhow, like huts, you know, like this. Anyhow, we went into one of them and had... I had a meal there and had contact with him. But it was amazing the way they were. They just followed, you know, the sheep. The sheep moved. They ate up all the grass. They just picked up their house, moved their house, and went to another territory. These were nomads. Well, we need to be the same. Just pick up your house, pack up your kids, and move on. I packed up my kids many times. You know, I've got Ben in the meeting this morning. He ought to give you a testimony. We must be like nomads. We must always be moving. We should not expect to remain in one place. Even after migrating, we should not become settled. Right away, we should prepare to migrate again. I said, and I, as believers, it is not right for us to be settled in one place. And then Brother Lee said this, when we move, the gospel goes with us. We heard Brother Lee say this. The foremost examples to us in this matter are Abraham in the Old Testament and Paul in the New Testament, not to say anything concerning Christ. Anyhow, 
we had this, we pointed out this verse concerning Paul in 1 Corinthians 4.16, that he wandered without a home. Wandered without a home. And then in Philippians 3.17, Paul said, Be imitators of me. Be imitators of me. And then he says, And observe those who walk, even as you have us, as a, uh, as a pattern. They were a real pattern to all the New Testament believers. Paul and those with him. They were our pattern, and how did they live? And I wrote this down. As believers who follow the Lamb, we should migrate. Not for the sake of our living, but for the sake of the gospel. Hey, thus for the carrying out of God's economy, His children must be a moving people. B, God's children must not be a staying people. Roman number five. The saints in all the churches uh, should be encouraged to migrate. If the saints in a certain locality do not migrate, eventually that locality will become a dead sea. This is more or less, this portion is a reminder of what we've already heard from Brother Lee. If the church in a particular locality is to avoid becoming such a dead sea, a canal must be dug to allow the water to flow out. Furthermore, if water is allowed to flow out, more water will flow in. Just as the experience of the church in Jerusalem was in the book of Acts. Every church should be like a hose that is open at both ends. When a hose is open in this way, water is able to flow in and out. However, if the water is not able to flow out of the hose, nothing more will be available to flow in. The more a church gives up for migration, the more it gets. The more it keeps, the more it loses. Do not try to keep people. Do your best to give them up for the Lord's bread. Do not be narrow-minded, thinking that you will lose something. You will never lose. Even if you lose on the earth, surely you will gain in the heavens. Only when there is an outflow can the church in a certain locality be preserved from becoming a dead sea. May the Lord save us from becoming a dead sea. Well, the more that flows out, the more that will come in, and that keeps our church living. However, the migration of the saints is not a legality. The point we are making is that the churches need to follow the pattern in Acts 8.4. You know, uh, the brothers in the church in Shreveport fellowship with us yesterday that they gave up a couple to France. And the brother has just gone there about six months ago. He's there. Well, they've had trouble having increased in report. But you know, right away, two families from other churches moved to Shreveport. The Lord sovereignly, you know, went to some other churches. Like, like the Lord said, praise the Lord, Shreveport, you gave up two. Okay, now I'm going to give you four from the other churches that aren't giving up hardly anyone. And anyhow, these two, these two couples moved there. So Freeport gave up one couple. Just a few months, they had two couples. 
That's pretty good business. <laughs> and Brother Lee told us when he was encouraging us to migrate, he says, if you'll give up one, the Lord will give you two. Well, do you believe that? We have to believe this is the testimony of the Word and from the ministry. The more you give up, the more you get. The more you hold on, the less you're going to get. Learn to give up people. And I say this to all the elders. These saints are not your saints. These saints are God's saints. And He wants to send them out. If someone comes to you, you better open up. You better open up. I know when somebody comes to us, I've been in that position, I think of ten reasons why you shouldn't go. But the fact is, they have a burden to go. And if you don't release them, it may be that in five years more in your place, they will be dead, a dead mackerel. But if you had released them, more would have come into your place, and a, probably a better one than the one that left will be among them. <laughs> and that one that goes to the new place will be made alive, and she will bear more fruit than she bore in your place. Do you believe that? I do. I believe. Learn to give up people. We elders, you know, we, we've got a bad case of holding on to people. Six. Brother Lee encouraged the churches to give up 10% of the saints each year for migration to carry out the spread of the Lord's recovery over the earth. Hey, he fellowshiped that according to the history of the past two, two or three hundred years, one out of every 20 believers can be sent out for the gospel, while the remaining 19 are responsible for supplying their material needs. This is an option. And, but, and I hope we would practice this. Even 5% is better than 0% or 1%. B. However, in the summer training of 1984 in the United States, he said that perhaps 10% of the saints in our locality should migrate each year. And if you notice, brother, in that word, you may want to listen to it again, but Brother Lee said all the churches should pick up this matter. He was speaking to the whole recovery when he released these messages. Sorry to say we didn't hear a word. You know, it just kind of went in this air, went out of the, this air, and we never encouraged the saints to migrate. We never encouraged this, the church in our place to give up 10%. But we all have to wake up today. See, following this speaking, he spoke to the saints in the churches in Taiwan, encouraging this same percentage of the saints to go out, to migrate to other places over the entire earth. He said that for Taiwan to produce 500,000 young people to go all over the world to be the Lord's witnesses, they needed to have 5 million saints so that 1 out of 10 could go out. He was so burdened about this matter. He spoke it in this country. He went to Taiwan. Spoke the same thing in that country. D. He shared that if the condition of the church is very good, one out of every ten should, 
could be sent out. And he reported that some churches in California met and fellowship. This was at that time, probably uh, Dan may remember. And they considered that since there were 1,500 saints, 150 should migrate to other places. It didn't happen. But, you know, a number went out at that time. Anyway, for further revelation concerning the matter of sending out 10%. See Nehemiah 11, 1 and 2, and footnote 2, 1 in Malachi 3:10. The practice of all the ones that returned from captivity was that one out of ten should go to Jerusalem. The rest could live anywhere in the good land when they got back. But one, they had to give up one out of every ten to go. And if there were not volunteers to do this, then they would cast lots. And if the lot fell on you, you didn't have any choice. Uh... Brother, hey, 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 I'm sorry, I can't, yeah, Richard, yeah, Richard, Richard, I don't know, I know you've migrated at least once, you started out in Houston, now you're in San Antonio, I'm a little disappointed, <laughs> how long were you in Houston? Sixteen years. Oh, and then, okay. Okay, you got revived, you left Houston, you did much better in San Marcos. But you're just like uh, Abraham. You just went down to Egypt. <laughs> you got in San Antonio, and how long have you been there? 23 years. Listen to that. You think that's a good testimony, Richard? <laughs> I think it's very poor. <laughs> you know, Richard is really a good brother. He is. I love Richard. But anyhow, I have to say, you've had a big failure. <laughs> is this your wife here? Right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't migrate without Richard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who are you? The daughter? Okay. Okay, you did okay. You know, you fulfill the first requirement. Right? But, you know, that's good. How many kids you end up with? Four. Four? Okay, that's good. How many grandkids so far? But you got a lot more coming if you got four kids. <laughs> so you're doing all right in that respect. But how about the other respect? I've been realizing that something needs to happen. I think so. <laughs> I think that's a voice from the Lord. <laughs> Anyhow, we all are about the same, Richard. You know, I've been in Anaheim now 12 years. 12 years. You know, I moved a lot of times. My 30th move was to Anaheim, and I got stuck in Anaheim. 12 years. I may be there 
you know, somewhat longer. But anyhow, I'm there. Seven, we must be like those in Judges 5 who made, listen to this, great resolutions in heart. Amen. Great resolutions in heart. They resolved to accomplish something to carry out God's economy. Amen. And they had great searchings of heart. Richard, great resolutions in heart. And then what? Great searchings of heart. I believe you would, I think it was Deborah that was taking the lead at that time, I'm not sure, you know, in Judges. But anyhow, you would have joined that battle, you know. You need to get on your horse again. We must achieve something for the Lord. Richard, you need to achieve something. How many years was that? How many years in Houston? 11? 14? 14 and 2 is 16. And what? And then how long in 23? That is 39 years. Is that right? Anyhow, any way you cut it, Richard, it's been a long time. <laughs> and in 29, 39 years, you've moved from Houston to San Marcos. Praise the Lord, one, and to San Antonio, two times. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Anyhow, I love you, Richard. Uh, we must achieve something for the Lord. Daniel 11.32, Richard says, The people who know their God will show strength and take action. They will show strength and take action. Especially in these days in the Lord's recovery. We need to be those that show strength and take action. May the Lord have mercy on all of us. I need the Lord's mercy. We all need the Lord's mercy to follow Him. Anyhow, many of us have many miles to go before we sleep. You all know that poem. Well, us, others don't have that many miles to go before they sleep. But we all are still alive today. And we need to do something. We need to rise up and show strength and take action to carry out God's economy on this earth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. How about we just pray with one another for a minute or two and then Jerry will tell us what to do. Amen. Amen. Amen.